I want to take you to a place maybe you haven't been in the Bible, and I want to take you biblically to some places in your life that you haven't thought about, and that's a very ironic sentence that I just said, given the subject matter. But do you love God? How many love your Bibles, believe in your Bibles? Let's see a hand up. Okay. Never believe, I'm going through Second Peter in my daily devotions, which you can watch, go online. I'm in the chapter two of Second Peter where there's all these warnings about false teachers, false prophets. They were false teachers back then. And, Jesus, and Peter says they'll come, they're gonna get worse. Always remember, don't believe anything anyone says from this pulpit unless it's backed up by the Bible. Don't believe, I don't, don't know who will ever hold this microphone. Do never believe anything. Always check everything, including right now. Is this in scripture or is this guy making this stuff up? In 1917, World War I was still going on. It had a year or so to go. And Russia had dropped out of the war because a revolution was brewing in Russia. And the czar had been overthrown. And a new group of people called the communists were fomenting violence and eventually took over the government. And from 1917 on, Russia became the USSR. They gathered more territory, took over Poland, Hungary, a lot of places. And the communist uh, mentality and state was formed. Immediately when they came, they demanded total loyalty to the state to Lenin, then Stalin, and this was brainwashing of the children in schools. But the odd thing about it was they started like a thought police. So you were not allowed to think different than what you were told to think. You were not allowed to think. Anybody would think or express it, that was forbidden. You were an enemy of the state. You were a provocateur, etc. And the people were just rigidly disciplined. If you thought different, you ended up in a gulag, a place of punishment in Siberia, and no one ever saw you again. In the early 30s, that was a leftist kind of communist government. On the right side, the fascists, the Nazis, started forming in early 1930s in Germany. And Adolf Hitler took over the country and once he got in power, it was the same kind of thing. You must live for the fatherland, you must live for Germany and the Nazi concept, and you must swear allegiance to uh, Adolf Hitler, who you would die for, he became like a god. Again, there were thought police. You would be reported if you were thinking differently than what you were supposed to think. In other words, it was beyond behavior. It was, you have to think according to what we tell you. Now, in a democracy, like we have right now still in America, we never will permit anyone to tell us how to think. Thinking is free. Even if we don't like what people are thinking, they must be free to think. If they think about Buddha and we're Christians, they have a right to think about Buddha. No one can control them. Religion is not about control. It's about finding Jesus as your savior not being forced, coercion never works with religion. So now, because of, as she was saying, the cancel culture and all of that, there's parts of the culture and society where you're not allowed to think 
different than what they are told to you should think. We can call it politically incorrect. You can't think that way. I know, but I'm a Christian. I believe in the Bible. Don't give me that. You can't think that. I was talking this week to a fairly well-known personality on television who had accepted an invitation as a Christian to speak at a conference, and the LGBTQ community uh, or powers that be started to not just threaten that conference, but threatened or made waves with his network, who he works for, and said, how do you have this guy? He's a hater. He's this. Well, his last thing is a hater. But because he held to the Bible and what the Bible teaches, you're not allowed to think that. We define what truth is. You can't have a different truth. How many follow what I'm saying? You get that. We all know that. That's happening. We have to stand for the Word of God, and we have a right to think and worship and all of that. Because if someone could protest and cancel you out for for not going to a conference to speak, then it means they could then circle the church and forbid you to go to the church of your choice. And that's why we have separation of church and state, etc. So every one of us knows and we think, but now we're going to take a turn. Thinking is free. I can think what I want, but not when it comes to God. You're not allowed to think what you want. Thought life, attitudes, thought patterns are watched diligently by God. Some are not only allowed, they're beneficial and they bring glory to God and they bring benefit to us. Other thought patterns, attitudes, call it what you will, are forbidden by God. So he's interested in not only what most people think of religion, what we do, what we say, but Christianity and the God of the Bible has a lot deeper reach than what you do and what you say. Hey, dude, back up because I didn't do anything wrong. I can think what I want, but that not so with God. Not only for his glory, but for your good, because a lot of us right now are being hurt by thoughts, which we think are free. <laughs> They're not. And we pay a big price for our thoughts. So first, let's establish this. God knows everything you're thinking. The first verse we find is Psalm 139. You know when I sit and when I rise, you perceive my thoughts from afar. So here God says, uh, uh, the psalmist is saying, God, I know this about you. You know what I'm thinking from a very long distance. You know my thoughts. For example, God knows what you're thinking right now. He knows what you're thinking about me, about this message, about this meeting. He knows your reaction to everything. He knows why I'm here. He knows if I'm a fraud. He knows if I'm preaching here to make a buck. He knows if I'm speaking today to impress you and have you applaud me or that I really want to serve him. He knows everything. I could try to get over on you. You could get over on me. Nobody's getting over on God because God searches the intentions and the thoughts of the heart, even if you never act on them, which eventually we'll learn we so often do. But just by our thoughts, God knows your attitude, my attitude. He knows if you're even focused on what I'm saying or if your mind is, let me get out of here. He knows everything. We find out in Luke, let's put that verse up, an argument started among the disciples as to which of them would be the greatest. Jesus, knowing their thoughts, took a little child and had him stand beside him. So 
That was the thing about being with Jesus. He not only saw what you did, he not only heard what you said, he knew your thoughts. So when he was preaching and the Pharisees and religious leaders who were jealous of him were standing on the fringe of the crowd plotting to kill him, but while he was quoting the word of God, they had a nod because they knew it was orthodox and right. They were nodding, but he knew they got murder in their hearts. In other words, you couldn't hide from him. You know, the Bible uh, in Hebrews, it talks about the Word of God. This is why a lot of us, you have to have courage to read the Word of God if you're sincere. Because it's sharper than any two-edged sword dividing us under soul and spirits and discerning the thoughts and the intentions of the heart. Not just what you do, what you think. It brings conviction to what you think, your attitudes. So we know here that God knows everything we're thinking every day that we wake up. But now let's go further. The Bible tells us that sin, evil, things that Christ died for are not just deeds, stealing, killing, adultery, but attitudes and thoughts are what he died for and offend God and are a form of rebellion against God. So look, look at uh, next verse, Psalm 10, verse 4 talking about the ungodly. In his pride, the wicked man does not seek him. In all his thoughts, there is no room for God. Maybe that's true of some of you here today, you watching me online. You haven't thought about God almost a whole week. You don't think of God during the day. You think of your phone, you think of money, you think of entertainment, you think of hanging out, you think of texting the universe, tweeting and all of that, social media, but you don't think about God. You don't even take time to think about him. And yet, if you love someone, you would think you would, we think about him. When you love someone, don't you think about him? So now the psalmist is saying, the ungodly are known like this. They don't think about God. They don't think about their relationship with God. They don't even think, how did I get here? They don't even think, when I die, am I going to see God? They don't think about that. They block it all out. They, they're going to live for themselves. They're going to seek their own pleasures. They don't even think about God. That's the wicked. That's the ungodly man. But let's go further. The next verse says in Jeremiah, Jerusalem, wash the evil from your heart and be saved. How long, uh, speaking of the wicked, how long will you harbor wicked thoughts? You didn't think I saw that, God said? I know what you were thinking. You got wicked thoughts, ungodly thoughts. All kinds of stuff is in your mind. I'm not talking now about the approach of temptation where Satan can plant a thought and the world of flesh and devil working together and a temptation is a thought to do something not pleasing to God. But that's not the thought, the settled pattern. You know, a thought can knock on your head and you can resist it and close the door. Or you can invite it in for lunch. And, and sup with it and fellowship with that thought. And then it's repeated, repeated, then becomes an attitude. Then it's a way of living, a thought life pattern. So, so the, the prophet is crying out, how long will you harbor wicked thoughts? Your thoughts are wicked. You hate people. You don't tell them you hate them, but you hate them and I see the hate. What is hate? It's not an action, although it can uh, result in action. Hate is thoughts, an attitude. I can't stand them. And what's crazy about thoughts and that the fact that God sees them, that's what a hypocrite is. Someone who thinks opposite of how they act. So we meet people that we hate, we think hateful thoughts of them or racist thoughts of them 
or whatever thoughts of them. And then when we greet them, we're embarrassed to say it. So we act like, yo, what's up? How you doing? You be, you're looking good. Meanwhile, when we think about that person, God sees the wickedness, the evil of that racist thought that we would dare think about another race. You don't even know the person, but because of their race, you have an attitude toward them. God hates that. God hates that. He's going to punish all of that. It's why so many Christians go nowhere. They're on a treadmill. They go to church, but they never mature. They can't be a blessing to too many other people. Why? They're held back by this crazy thing working against God every day of their life. They harbor wrong thoughts, but they justify it by, I didn't do anything. I didn't slap her, but there's more. God says in this whole subject of evil in the thought life, this is what brought judgment and will bring judgment soon on this earth. This is what brought the first judgment of Noah and the flood on the earth. God got fed up. What did he get fed up with? Well, let's read it. Genesis 6, 5. The Lord saw how great the wickedness of the human race had become on the earth and that every inclination of the thoughts of the human heart was only evil all the time. Everything they thought of was against God. The inclinations, the way their mind and their thoughts were, was against God, his word, his truth. And God said, that's it. Imagine how, how there's a limit there that God has. Enough. Every inclination of their thoughts. In other words, when the Bible says, as a man thinketh, so is he. It doesn't mean just that behavior is going to emanate from that. It's you are your thoughts. Nothing more, nothing less. How could you be someone else? You could act on the outside. I could act on the outside. But the real person is the person of the heart and their thoughts, their values, what they esteem, how they think when no one's around. That's who you are. That's who I am. And God wants us to glorify him, not in just tongue and not just in deeds and lifting hands. He wants us to glorify him in su cabeza, in your head, in your thoughts. Isn't he worthy of our best thoughts? So thoughts are where it's at. Well, that's impossible, Pastor Simbler. You're, you're getting fanatical. No, I'm reading the Bible to you. And it goes on to say that in Isaiah, when they call people to be saved, look what it says. Let the wicked forsake their ways and the unrighteous their thoughts. Let them turn to the Lord and he'll have mercy on them and to our God for he'll freely pardon. But to get the mercy and, and to come to God, let the wicked forsake their ways and the unrighteous their thoughts. You can't practice evil and go to God. You can't have the same evil thoughts and come to God and say, accept me. I, I, I just think it. I'm not going to do anything. But of course, thought precedes action. You know this terrible thing that happened in East L.A. last night? In the Asian community, last I heard, 10 dead, 10 or more injured. Whoever did it, I don't think they've caught the perpetrator, but whoever did it, you know how long he must have thought of that. Or how about this case in Idaho? You didn't think the guy just woke up one day and said, I think I'll kill some people. No. Thoughts. He was a murderer before he did it. No, no. Thoughts don't count. Oh, yeah, remember what Jesus said? You've heard it's written in the Old Testament. Always, by the way, remember 
whether you're the singers or the chitons or us here, always mention Jesus, not just God. God could mean anything to anyone. Uh, even, wait, the Lord. It could be Lord Hare Krishna. It could, those words are very transferable, but not Jesus. How many love that name? Come on, let's put our hands together. Jesus said, you heard it written, you shouldn't commit adultery. But I say to you, if you look at a woman and sin in your thoughts with her, you did it. You slept with her. No, I did not. Yeah, you did. It's all in the thoughts. It's all in the thoughts. So, let the wicked forsake their ways and ungodly forsake their thoughts. For example, let's just think about the Ten Commandments for a second. So a bunch of the commandments have nothing to do with actions. For example, coveting and greed. What is coveting and greed? I want what you have. I'm not content with what I have. God said, don't do that. Be content with what I give you. In everything, give thanks. No, I want that other car. Why should he drive a better car? Why should they have those threads and I'm wearing my, my, my clothes? Why, why did he, she get the promotion? I could, greed. There are some people lay in bed at night. They don't sleep well because all they're thinking about is money. They're not thinking about the goodness of God. They're not thinking about the word of God. They're not thanking God for all of his blessings. It's money. It's about money. They're working two jobs. They want to get a third. I got to get money for a rainy day. It might rain two days in a row. I need more money. I need more money. They're thinking thoughts of greed and covetous. And the Bible forbids that. Thou shall not covet. But covet isn't an action. It might lead to stealing. But just by itself, it's wrong. I mentioned about Jesus and adultery. How about idolatry? What is idolatry? Idolatry is nothing more than in your mind, something's more important and in your heart than God. You can go to church every Sunday and be an idolater. Because to your real God, God knows because of your thoughts what your real God is, who you really serve, who you really think about, who you're willing to make a sacrifice for. How about hate? As I said, you can hate someone and never even show it, and you're a hater. God hates that. Imagine, God is love, and you got the world full of hate. Is there anything more hateful than our world today? No, politics, race, everything. Have you ever seen more hate in your life? And that all, of course, stems from first hateful thoughts, racist thoughts, How about pride? God resists the proud, and he gives grace to humble. Well, who are the proud? The people who have proud thoughts. They think they're better than other people. We're taught that growing up. Nationalism, racial identity. You're better than the other. Who says? All we like sheep have gone astray. We all need the Lord. There is no better country than another country. It's not America first. It's Jesus first. And Jesus always. Come on, let's say amen to that. I was telling the church this morning about, this is ingrained in us. We're indoctrinated growing up to have proud thoughts. Proud thoughts. Not humble thoughts. Proud. 
And, and the angels must be looking and saying, are these the people nuts? Their breath is in his hand. He can stop them living at any moment, and they're strutting around like they're somebody. They're little ants. They come, they go, they disappear. And God reigns supreme, but they're walking around like they're somebody. you got to know my opinion. Why? It's my opinion. Am I correct or not? This is ingrained in people. I think told this before, but I'll repeat it. I'm at Kennedy Airport going on a flight on a Sunday somewhere, Sunday night, going speak somewhere. My flight's not going to leave for a while. I go up to a counter to get some uh, decaf, and I'm there. And the lady's waiting on me, very pleasant. And I pick up a little Caribbean accent, and I know a lot about the Caribbean now. And uh, I say, where are you from? And she goes, Guyana. I went, oh, that's nice. Are you from Georgetown? No, I grew up in the country more. I said, oh, very nice. And I said, you know, in Guyana, I know they make good roti there. And she said, yeah. Her coworker was on the floor in a cabinet trying to get some equipment out or something, supplies. And she was from Trinidad. She just looked up at me and she went, they don't know how to make roti in Guyana. She had to assert the superiority of her country. Come on, that's with so many of us. Those are the proud thoughts we have. We're somebody, which makes someone less than somebody. Those are the proud thoughts God can't stand. Lastly, the Bible says without faith, it's impossible to please God. Am I correct? Without trusting God, you can't please him. You can't approach. You can't get saved. Uh, Who's cast into the lake of fire, the Bible says, are the unbelieving. Well, if faith is so precious to God... Just think of all the thoughts of unbelief that many people are dominated by. And they don't, they write it off as, I'm just struggling in my mind. Thoughts of unbelief. Thoughts that God won't take care of you. Thoughts about, oh, what's going to happen in the future. Thoughts about what's going to happen with the economy. Thoughts about whatever, right? As if God never spoke, never promised, never sent his son into the world to die for us. Never made a promise, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. Never said a word. He never said one thing. That's why we're all going to not believe and be nervous and have anxiety attacks. Mm. So let's say my middle daughter Susan went to school in Brooklyn and she was in the second grade. And the teacher called me and said, Mr. and Mrs. Simbola, your daughter Susan, could we talk about her? Could you come up? But it's not parent-teacher night. No, we, we need to talk. Okay, so I go up. So, okay, there's the principal's office. There's the teacher, uh, guidance counselor. So what's the problem? Well, your daughter's not learning. Oh, oh, yeah, she's learning. She's smart. We live with her. She's smart. No, she's not learning. And she's not getting along socially. What are you talking about? No, she just stares out the window. She's biting her nails. And she doesn't focus. She's not learning properly. All the kids cling together. She's alone, like frightened. Or, what are you talking about? Already, my heart is pounding with the, if someone ever talked to me like that. What are you talking about? No, we went to her and said, you know, what's going on? I'm just afraid. I'm distracted. I just, 
Well, what are you nervous about? What are you afraid? I'm afraid my mom and dad won't pick me up after school. She never said that. She did. We have witnesses. What? Yeah, she also said, I don't know if they'll always feed me and clothe me. Well, you're laughing, but that would, you might as well rip my, my juggler vein out. You might as well stab me in the heart to hear my daughter saying that to teachers. And what do you say about God when you're worrying and you don't believe his promises? And, and I'm nervous and anxiety-ridden and God's promise, I sent you my son. Don't you think I'm going to take care of you? So those thoughts of unbelief, you feel you're a victim. You're not the victim. You're victimizing yourself. I'm victimizing myself. I worry, I fret, as if God never made a promise. Surely goodness and mercy will follow me. Why don't you say that tomorrow morning when you wake up? No, but it's so hard. What did God say he would do? Think of those thoughts of unbelief, how they hurt him and grieve him. Then you don't experience peace and joy. Why? How can two walk together? How can you be trusting God if you're full of unbelief? And what is unbelief but unbelieving thoughts? Worry, fretting. Listen, I know about that. We've all battled with that. But I know that thoughts matter. And God wants to change mi cabeza, my head. How can he change us if he doesn't change our thoughts when the Bible says, as a man thinketh, so is he? Unless my thought patterns change, what hope is there for me? So, we've learned that our minds, our spirits get contaminated by our thought life. Just like if you, you know, the Puerto Ricans, they have this thing called pilon, the thing they beat the, 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 the herbs in to make the sofrito, to go with the rice and beans. Oh, I'm hungry. Aren't you hungry right now? <laughs> the truth. How many are hungry right now? Just when you say rice and beans, it's like, yeah. That vessel, I don't care if you wash it. It's got the scent of the herbs. Why? It's been in there so much, you can't get the smell out. And it's a good smell. Verdad? Verdad. How, that's how it is with people. You meet them. They're so sour. They're so negative. They look like they've been baptized in lemon juice twice. <laughs> and you wonder, why? I mean, they're Christians. What a great advertisement for Christ. They're depressed, they're victims, they're unhappy, they're, nothing satisfies them. They're always complaining, always. Do they count their blessings? Never. They count their problems. Why is that? Because of their thoughts. The thought patterns are so strong, it doesn't leave the vessel. It taints it. Think of all the joy and peace. I, you, I'm not talking down to you, this is for me that we all miss because of our crazy thought patterns, which are evil in God's sight, which he knows. So to finalize this and bring it to the house, as they say, we don't want to grieve the Holy Spirit by words or deeds. We know that. If you gossip or slander, but of course, before you gossip and slander, you were thinking that stuff. Of course. Lord, help us. We grieve the Holy Spirit when we hold patterns of thoughts that are against the Bible, that are against Jesus, against God. So now listen, if you forget everything I said, please listen to this. God loves you. How many say amen? amen. 
God wants us to enjoy full salvation, peace, pardon, joy, etc. He has a will for all of us, different in many ways, but one purpose he has for all of us. He wants to make you and I just like Jesus Christ, his son. How many are with me with that? Say amen. That's his goal. You can't drop out of the school if you become a Christian. He'll never stop working on that. Chiseling away, chipping away. I want to conform you to the image of my son. So now listen, please. The more like Jesus you and I become, the happier and more filled with joy we will be every day, no matter what's happening around us. Holy equals happy. Not just pleasing to God, which is the most important thing, but holy. And this is Satan will, has lied to a billion people. He's lying to people right now. No, don't be holy. Don't be like Jesus. Don't worry about your thought life. Just let it all hang out. Just, you do what you want. Nobody can control you. Don't let that minister try to tell you not only what to do, now he's telling you what to think. I'm not. I'm reading from the Bible. The holier we are, the more pure we are in our words, in our deeds, and in our thoughts, you have so much peace and joy, you won't sleep at night. You compromise that, and you start to cheat and just get involved with dirty things, dirty thoughts, hateful, whatever the stuff is. You lose what God has planned for you. So now, look at Romans, very important verse. Look at Romans 12, verse 1. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice. Notice, because of what he did for us, he doesn't want our money first. He said, give me your bodies, your body, your soul, your mind. Lay it down so that I can own it. I bought it. I bought it on the cross. It's not yours anymore. I'm your Lord. You belong to me. Now surrender. I don't want to hear about surrender. I want to do my own thing. I don't mind a little church on Sunday, but don't get crazy on this. I'm just telling you the truth now as it is in Jesus. When you present your bodies, that's your highest form of worship. Forget people doing this or lifting hands or uh, you keep on blessing me over and that's all good. It has its place. But the deepest worship is when you say, Lord, here am I. Now, not only that, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. Listen to me now. Don't move. God wants to have us surrender, not just our body. Oh, I just thought of that verse. Let the words of my mouth and... Oh, be acceptable in your sight. Oh, I mean not just what I do and what I speak, but even my meditations... Let it be acceptable in your sight, O oh God. So now, we're going to pray that God will take our How many want to see your minds renewed this year? Like, come on, wave your hand at me and don't be embarrassed. I want God to renew my mind. I'm speaking for myself. I want God, I need for God to renew my mind. When the Bible says resist the devil and he'll flee from you, what do you think that means? Physical? Where is his main attack? So when those thoughts come, 
That's where you resist him. No, this is not in keeping with my faith in Christ. This is not pleasing to the Holy Spirit who lives inside of me. Get out of here. He might knock again. Slam the door. Here's what I've learned. Say Jesus. That was good. I meant to say it as part of my sermon. Listen, when you're under attack and you feel like, wow, just stop, close your eyes, wherever you are, and just say, Jesus, Jesus, I love you. You know what's happening in my head right now, Jesus. I need you. I want your purity. I want you. Okay, let me go on now with the day. You got to reboot sometimes. You know what rebooting is, right? You got to reboot, not your phone. You got to reboot your head, your mind, Jesus, your thoughts. Give me strength here to resist the devil, Lord. Now, last thought. Calling on Jesus, dedicating our mind to him. But look at this. Let's be practical. See this bottle of water? This bottle can now not be full of gasoline because it's full of water. If I empty it, you could then pour gasoline into it and it'll be filled with gasoline. But as long as the water's in there, there's no room for the gasoline. To have our mind renewed, we have to fill it with the Word of God. You got to read the Word of God every day. I just met someone in Florida that tells me they love the preaching of their pastor, and that's the only time they hear the Bible all week long is on church on Sunday. Come on, wake up. Blessed is the man, Psalm 1-1. Blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked. That's negative. Or stand in the way, take sinners. The way that sinners take, that's negative. Or sit in the company of mockers, that's negative. But whose delight is in the law of the Lord Come on, come on. And who meditates on his law, what? Meditates on his word day and night. Pastor, what are you, crazy? You're like talking like fanatical, like like all day long it's about Jesus. Yes. Yes. You mean I'm going to be filled with God and his word and thanking him for his blessings and just recounting my blessings, thinking about the cross? When you're going home today, just stop and think about the cross. Think about heaven one day. Tomorrow when you get up, if you get up, just think about heaven for like, like all the time you're on your way to work. Just think about heaven, what it's going to be like. Think of the promises. Read the word. Meditate on that. Evil thoughts have a lot harder time getting in. You got to fill yourself with something. Stop thinking about who unfriended you, friended you. Who cares? I want God to be my friend. Come on. Can we say amen? Along that line. Last verse up here. Last one. Philippians 4.8. Here's the verse. Come on, let's say it together. Philippians 4.8. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is, whatever is, whatever is, whatever is, whatever is, whatever is, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. If you think junk, you're going to get all junk in your trunk. That rhymes. I don't want to think junk. I want to think God. I want to think pure. I want to read things that are lovely and pure. 
Even if I'm not reading the Bible, there's religious books. There's books about noble subjects that you can learn from history even. But I don't want to read about this family and that family and how many followers they have and all that. I don't care about them. I want them to get saved, but I'm not going to mold my life after what society says is important. I want to think about Jesus. Won't he help us? He wants to save us body, soul, spirit. Let the words of our mouth and the meditations of our heart. I want to think about that. I, but everyone thinks about that. Everyone goes on, on social media. So I don't care what everyone does. You think at the end of your life, the Lord's going to say, tell me what you learned on social media. Oh, by the way, I have a new phone. Look. My wife gave it to me for Christmas. Could you please applaud my wife? She's watching right now. The only thing is, I don't know how to use it too well. It's got so many things on it. But my daughter called me the other day, and I actually answered in a restaurant and talked to her. It's got so many things on it. But you know what? The pressure now is to be accepted by everybody. I don't want to be accepted by everyone. Nah. I want to be accepted by God, our Father, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Here's an old hymn that came to me. They don't write songs like this anymore, trust me. Just look at the words. Search me, O God, and know my heart today. Try me, O Savior. Know my, I pray. See if there be some wicked way in me. Cleanse me from every sin and set me free. If you've been under assault in your mind, even since the year began, just like the enemy, just attacking, attacking with unbelief, with just accusation, whatever, like he wants to gain control of, of your mind, you come up, you stand right here, Deacons, deaconesses will stand with you. I'll pray over you. Nothing, no embarrassment. We've all been assaulted. Come on, Christians, how many have been assaulted in your mind ever, right? Come on, we'll pray. Lord, thank you for your word. And now, Lord, we need to talk. This is too much for us. Only you can renew our minds. Give us the grace to cooperate. We got to fill ourselves with your truth, your word, your purity. Otherwise, we're going to be swept away by all the junk that's out there. Thinking about things that don't profit, that are not lovely, that are not noble. They're cheap. They're vulgar. We don't want that in the mind when we know that you live in us and you purchased everything, every part of us. So help us all, Lord, today to have a new consciousness of the importance of the thoughts that are going through our head every day. Help us. I can't do it. I have to work this out with you and me just for me. How can I do it for them, Lord? But teach us all how to walk in the Spirit Fill ourselves with your word. Meditate on it day and night. Chew on it. Count our blessings. Remember the promises of God. Remember all the deliverances that you've 
shown us in our past life. Help my friends in the front. They're under a major assault. Put a wall of fire around their minds, God. Protect them. Satan, we resist you in the name of Jesus. Satan, we resist you in the name of Jesus. Our minds belong to Christ. Our hearts, our bodies, everything. Lord, we know today that holy means happy. Holy means glorifying you, but it also means happy for us. Don't let us believe the lie that if we go away from you, we'll somehow find fulfillment. There is no fulfillment. There's only you, Jesus, and your plan for my life. I thank you for the precious people here. I thank you for the singers. Bless the offering as people leave. Bless those that go up to meet our friends. But just get us home today. And before we go to bed, just bring to our consciousness, Lord, good verses and good truth so that we can meditate on it and fill our heads with good things. Make it practical, God. Don't let us all say amen to us and then not be changed. Work your change in us. For we ask it in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. Give someone a hug or a handshake that's near you. 